book one chapters three and four of a hero of our time by mikhail yurovich lermontov translated by j h wisdom and mar murray this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book one bella chapter three well then i'll tell you said maxim maximitch about six versts from the fortress there lived a certain friendly prince his son a brat of about fifteen was accustomed to ride over to visit us not a day passed but he would come now for one thing now for another and indeed grigory alexandrovitch and i spoiled him what a daredevil the boy was up to anything picking up a cap at full gallop or bringing things down with his gun he had one bad quality he was terribly greedy for money once for the fun of the thing grigory alexandrovitch promised to give him a ducat if he would steal the best he-goat from his father's herd for him and what do you think the very next night he came lugging it in by the horns at times we used to take it into our heads to tease him and then his eyes would become bloodshot and his hand would fly to his dagger immediately you'll be using your life if you're not careful azamat i would say to him that hot head of yours will get you into trouble on one occasion the old prince himself came to invite us to the wedding of his eldest daughter and as we were guest friends with him it was impossible to decline tartar though he was we set off in the village we were met by a number of dogs all barking loudly the women when they saw us coming hid themselves but those whose faces we were able to get a view of were far from being beauties i had a much better opinion of the circassian woman remarked grigory alexandrovitch wait a bit i answered with a smile i had my own views on the subject a number of people had already gathered at the prince's hut it is the custom of the asiatics you know to invite all and sundry to a wedding we were invited with every mark of honour and conducted to the guest-chamber all the same i did not forget quietly to mark where our horses were put in case anything unforeseen should happen how were weddings celebrated amongst them i asked the staff-captain oh in the usual way first of all the mullah reads them something out of the koran then gifts are bestowed upon the young couple and all their relations the next thing is eating and drinking of booza then the dance on horseback and there is always some ragamuffin bedaubed with grease bestriding a wretched lame jade and grimacing buffooning and making the worshipful company laugh finally when darkness falls they proceed to hold what we should call a ball in the guest-chamber a poor old greybeard strums on a three-stringed instrument i forget what they call it but anyhow it is something in the nature of our balalaika the girls and young children set themselves in two ranks one opposite the other and clap their hands and sing then a girl and a man come out into the centre and begin to chant verses to each other whatever comes into their heads and the rest join in as a chorus pechorin and i sat in the place of honour all at once up came our host's youngest daughter a girl of about sixteen and chanted to pechorin how shall i put it something in the nature of a compliment what was it she sang do you remember it went like this i fancy handsome they say are our young horsemen and the tunics they wear are garnished with silver but handsomer still is the young russian officer and the lace on his tunic is wrought of gold like a poplar amongst them he stands but in gardens of ours such trees will grow not nor bloom pechorin rose bowed to her put his hand to his forehead and heart and asked me to answer her 
i know their language well and i translated his reply when she had left us i whispered to grigory alexandrovitch well now what do you think of her charming he replied what is her name her name is bella i answered and a beautiful girl she was indeed her figure was tall and slender her eyes black as those of a mounted chamois and they fairly looked into your soul pechorin deep in thought kept his gaze fixed upon her and she for her part stole glances at him often enough from under her lashes pechorin however was not the only one who was admiring the pretty princess another pair of eyes fixed and fiery were gazing at her from the corner of the room i took a good look at their owner and recognized my old acquaintance kazbich who you must know was neither exactly friendly nor yet the other thing he was an object of much suspicion although he had never actually been caught at any knavery he used to bring rams to our fortress and sell them cheaply only he never would haggle whatever he demanded at first you had to give he would have his throat cut rather than come down in price he had the reputation of being fond of roaming on the far side of the kuban with the abreks and to tell the truth he had a regular thief's visage a little wizened broad-shouldered fellow he was but smart i can tell you smart as the very devil his tunic was always worn out and patched but his weapons were mounted in silver his horse was renowned throughout kabardia and indeed a better one it would be impossible to imagine not without good reason did all the other horsemen envy kazbich and on more than one occasion they had attempted to steal the horse but they had never succeeded i seem to see the animal before me now black as coal with legs like bowstrings and eyes as fine as bella's how strong he was too he would gallop as much as fifty versts at a stretch and he was well trained besides he would trot behind his master like a dog and actually knew his voice kazbich never used to tether him either just the very horse for a robber on that evening kazbich was more sullen than ever and i noticed that he was wearing a coat of mail under his tunic he hasn't got that coat of mail on for nothing i thought he has some plot in his head i'll be bound it grew oppressively hot in the hut and i went out into the air to cool myself night had fallen upon the mountains and a mist was beginning to creep along the gorges it occurred to me to pop in under the shed where our horses were standing to see whether they had their fodder and besides it is never any harm to take precautions my horse was a splendid one too and more than one kabardian had already cast fond glances at it repeating at the same time good very good i stole along the fence suddenly i heard voices one of which i immediately recognized it was that of the young pickle azamat our host's son the other person spoke less and in a quieter tone what are they discussing there i wondered surely it can't be my horse i squatted down beside the fence and proceeded to play the eavesdropper trying not to let slip a single word at times the noise of songs and the buzz of voices escaping from the hut drowned the conversation which i was finding interesting that's a splendid horse of yours azamat was saying if i were master of a house of my own and had a stud of three hundred mares i would give half of it for your galloper kazbich aha kazbich i said to myself and i called to mind the coat of mail yes replied kazbich after an interval of silence there is not such another to be found in all kabardia once it was on the other side of the terek i had risen with the abreks to seize the russian herds 
we had no luck so we scattered in different directions four cossacks dashed after me i could actually hear the cries of the jowers behind me and in front of me there was a dense forest i crouched down in the saddle committed myself to allah and for the first time in my life insulted my horse with a blow of the whip like a bird he plunged among the branches the sharp thorns tore my clothing the dead boughs of the cork elms struck against my face my horse leaped over tree-trunks and burst his way through bushes with his chest it would have been better for me to have abandoned him at the outskirts of the forest and concealed myself in it afoot but it was a pity to part with him and the prophet rewarded me a few bullets whistled over my head i could now hear the cossacks who had dismounted running upon my tracks suddenly a deep gully opened before me my galloper took thought and leaped his hind hoofs slipped back off the opposite bank and he remained hanging there by his forefeet i dropped the bridle and threw myself into the hollow thereby saving my horse which jumped out the cossacks saw the whole scene only not one of them got down to search for me thinking probably that i had mortally injured myself and i heard them rushing to catch my horse my heart bled within me i crept along the hollow through the thick grass then i looked around it was the end of the forest a few cossacks were riding out from it on to the clearing and there was my caragios galloping straight towards them with a shout they all dashed forward for a long long time they pursued him and one of them in particular was once or twice almost successful in throwing a lasso over his neck i trembled dropped my eyes and began to pray after a few moments i looked up again and there was my caragios flying along his tail waving free as the wind and the jowers on their jaded horses were trailing along far behind one after another across the steppe voila it is true really true till late at night i lay in the hollow suddenly what do you think azamat i heard in the darkness a horse trotting along the bank of the hollow snorting neighing and beating the ground with his hoofs i recognized my caragios's voice twas he my comrade since that time we have never been parted and i could hear him patting his galloper's sleek neck with his hand as he called him various fond names if i had a stud of a thousand mares said azamat i would give it all for your caragios Yuck! i would not take it said kazbich indifferently listen kazbich said azamat trying to ingratiate himself with him you are a kind-hearted man you are a brave horseman but my father is afraid of the russians and will not allow me to go on the mountains give me your horse and i will do anything you wish i will steal my father's best rifle for you or his sabre just as you like and his sabre is a genuine gurda you have only to lay the edge against your hand and it will cut you a coat of mail like yours is nothing against it kazbich remained silent the first time i saw your horse continued azamat when he was wheeling and leaping under you his nostrils distended and the flints flying in showers from under his hoofs something i could not understand took place within my soul and since that time i have been weary of everything i have looked with disdain on my father's best gallopers i have been ashamed to be seen on them and yearning has taken possession of me in my anguish i have spent whole days on the cliffs and every minute my thoughts have kept turning to your black galloper with his graceful gait and his sleek back straight as an arrow 
with his keen bright eyes he has looked into mine as if about to speak i shall die kazbich if you will not sell him to me said azamat with trembling voice i could hear him burst out weeping and i must tell you that azamat was a very stubborn lad and that not for anything could tears be wrung from him even when he was a little younger in answer to his tears i could hear something like a laugh listen said azamat in a firm voice you see i am making up my mind for anything if you like i will steal my sister for you how she dances how she sings and the way she embroiders with gold marvellous not even a turkish padishah has had a wife like her shall i wait for me to-morrow night yonder in the gorge where the torrent flows i will go by with her to the neighbouring village and she is yours surely bella is worth your galloper kazbich remained silent for a long long time at length instead of answering he struck up in an undertone the ancient song many a beauty among us dwells from whose eyes dark depths the starlight wells tis an envied lot and sweet to hold their love but brighter is freedom bold four wives are yours if you pay the gold but a meddlesome steed is of price untold the whirlwind itself on the steppe is less fleet he knows no treachery no deceit in vain azamat entreated him to consent he wept coaxed and swore to him finally kazbich interrupted him impatiently be gone you crazy brat how should you think to ride on my horse in three steps you would be thrown and your neck broken on the stones i cried azamat in a fury and the blade of the child's dagger rang against the coat of mail a powerful arm thrust him away and he struck the wattle fence with such violence that it rocked now we'll see some fun i thought to myself i rushed into the stable bridled our horses and led them out into the back courtyard in a couple of minutes there was a terrible uproar in the hut what had happened was this azamat had rushed in with his tunic torn saying that kazbich was going to murder him all sprang out seized their guns and the fun began noise shouts shots but by this time kazbich was in the saddle and wheeling among the crowd along the street defended himself like a madman brandishing his sabre it is a bad thing to interfere in other people's quarrels i said to grigory alexandrovitch taking him by the arm wouldn't it be better for us to clear off without loss of time wait though and see how it will end oh as to that it will be sure enough to end badly it is always so with these asiatics once let them get drunk on booza and there's certainly to be bloodshed we mounted and galloped home chapter four tell me what became of kazbich i asked the staff captain impatiently why what can happen to that sort of a fellow he answered finishing his tumbler of tea he slipped away of course and wasn't he wounded i asked goodness only knows those scoundrels take a lot of killing in action for instance i've seen many a one sir stuck all over with bayonets like a sieve and still brandishing his sabre after an interval of silence the staff captain continued tapping the ground with his foot one thing i'll never forgive myself for on our arrival at the fortress the devil put it into my head to repeat to grigory alexandrovitch all that i had heard when i was eavesdropping behind the fence he laughed cunning fellow and thought out a little plan of his own what was that tell me please well there's no help for it now i suppose i've begun the story and so i must continue 
in about four days time azamat rode over to the fortress as his usual custom was he went to see gregory alexandrovitch who always used to give him sweetmeats to eat i was present the conversation was on the subject of horses and pechorin began to sound the praises of kazbich's karagyos what a meddlesome horse it was and how handsome a perfect chamois in fact judging by his account there simply wasn't another like it in the whole world the young tartar's beady eyes began to sparkle but pechorin didn't seem to notice the fact i started to talk about something else but immediately mark you pechorin caused the conversation to strike off onto kazbich's horse every time that azamat came it was the same story after about three weeks i began to observe that azamat was growing pale and wasted just as people in novels do from love sir what wonder either well you see it was not until afterwards that i learned the whole trick gregory alexandrovitch exasperated azamat to such an extent with his teasing that the boy was ready even to drown himself one day pechorin suddenly broke out with i see azamat that you have taken a desperate fancy to that horse of kazbich's but you'll no more see him than you will the back of your neck come tell me what would you give if somebody made you a present of him anything he wanted answered azamat in that case i will get the horse for you only on one condition swear that you will fulfil it i swear you swear too very well i swear that the horse shall be yours but in return you must deliver your sister bella into my hands Caragios shall be her bridegroom's gift i hope the transaction will be a profitable one for you azamat remained silent won't you well just as you like i thought you were a man but it seems you are still a child it is early for you to be riding on horseback azamat fired up but my father he said does he never go away then true you agree i agree whispered azamat pale as death but when the first time kazbich rides over here he has promised to drive in half a score of rams the rest is my affair look out then azamat and so they settled the business a bad business to tell the truth i said as much to pechorin afterwards but he only answered that a wild circassian girl ought to consider herself fortunate in having such a charming husband as himself because according to their ideas he really was her husband and that kazbich was a scoundrel and ought to be punished judge for yourself what could i say to that at the time however i knew nothing of their conspiracy well one day kazbich rode up and asked whether we needed any rams and honey and i ordered him to bring some the next day azamat said grigory alexandrovitch tomorrow karagyos will be in my hands if bella is not here tonight you will never see the horse very well said azamat and galloped to the village in the evening grigory alexandrovitch armed himself and rode out of the fortress how they settled the business i don't know but at night they both returned and the sentry saw that across azamat's saddle a woman was lying bound hand and foot and with her head wrapped in a veil and the horse i asked the staff captain one minute one minute early next morning kazbich rode over driving in half a score of rams for sale tethering his horse by the fence he came in to see me and i regaled him with tea for robber though he was he was none the less my guest friend we began to chat about one thing and another suddenly i saw kazbich start change countenance and dart to the window but unfortunately the window looked on to the back courtyard 
what is the matter with you i asked my horse my horse he cried all of a tremble as a matter of fact i heard the clattering of hoofs it is probably some cossack who has ridden up no uruz yaman yaman he roared and rushed headlong away like a wild panther in two bounds he was in the courtyard at the gate of the fortress the sentry barred the way with his gun kazbich jumped over the gun and dashed off at a run along the road dust was whirling in the distance azamat was galloping away on the meddlesome karagyos kazbich as he ran tore his gun out of its cover and fired for a moment he remained motionless until he had assured himself that he had missed then he uttered a shrill cry knocked the gun against a rock smashed it to splinters fell to the ground and burst out sobbing like a child the people from the fortress gathered round him but he took no notice of any one they stood there talking a while and then went back i ordered the money for the rams to be placed beside him he didn't touch it but lay with his face to the ground like a dead man would you believe it he remained lying like that throughout the rest of that day and the following night it was only on the next morning that he came to the fortress and proceeded to ask that the name of the thief should be told him the sentry who had observed azamat untying the horse and galloping away on him did not see any necessity for concealment at the name of azamat kazbich's eyes flashed and he set off to the village where azamat's father lived and what about the father ah that was where the trick came in kazbich could not find him he had gone away somewhere for five or six days otherwise how could azamat have succeeded in carrying off bella and when the father returned there was neither daughter nor son to be found a wily rogue azamat he understood you see that he would lose his life if he was caught so from that time he was never seen again probably he joined some gang of abreks and laid down his turbulent life on the other side of the terek or the kuban it would have served him right end of book one chapter four recording by expatriate in bangor maine